love you, God. Okay, so we uh, just finished up a series two weeks ago called Real Talk. We were pursuing the a biblical purpose of sex and sexuality, and a lot of us in this room received a lot of freedom. Today, we're starting a new sermon series for the month of March, and it's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about the topic of renewing our mind and fighting the battle that is currently going on in each one of us for our mind or our soul, right? A lot of us, we experience God in such powerful and tangible ways, but somehow or sometimes after we leave that experience that we have with God, nothing like really changes in our life. And we actually go back to the way that things used to be as if like we never really encountered God before, right? I remember like being in like struggling with my own sin, struggling with different temptations and coming here and walking up to like a prayer line and like somebody's, I'm saying, I'm confessing my sin, right? And I'm going, man, like this is happening in my life. I know it's not of God and I want you to pray for me. And they pray for me and they pray a prayer like, God, I just thank you that he would be free from this. And I've actually felt the power of God as these different people have prayed for me in my life. But how is it that I feel the power of God in that moment when they pray for me, but then that same night I fall still back into that same sin cycle? Or maybe two weeks, it's almost like that prayer, quote unquote, didn't work. You know, has anybody ever felt like that before? Anybody felt like that? Yeah. And it's almost like the, the image that I, I, I got is that it's almost like sometimes we, when we're pursuing freedom in different areas in our life, it's actually, we're kind of hoping that we win the spiritual lottery. And so, and sometimes in my life, you know, like lottery winners, they buy a ticket, right? And it only costs them about this much, right? You buy a $2 ticket, a $4 ticket, $10 ticket, but you hope to win this massive amount of money, right? And every once in a while, you get lucky, and you win, right? But it's so funny. I was doing some research into lottery winners and what their lives look like shortly thereafter. And it was really, really sad. Most of the people who actually win the lottery end up in a worse place than if they had never won their money before. One guy I was researching, I came across, he won $31 million in the, in the lottery, and over the course of two years, all of his money was gone. And he was actually more broke than when he had won the lottery previously. Another woman, I think she won $19 million in 2008. And eight years later, or no, it was 2003. And then eight years later, she had $700 in her bank account and over $2.5 million in debt. Like, after winning the lottery. And the question is, why? Why do all of these people go through all of this? It's because they won on chance, but they didn't have the character to sustain the gift that had actually been poured out on them. They didn't have the character. They didn't know how to manage their money with a little. And so when, the, when a lot came... They just blew it all, and it all actually ended up hurting them more than, more than not. And 
as I look at our generation, I think some of us relate to God like he's dispensing lottery tickets. I'm going to be real here a second, and I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not saying anything like against anybody, but what I am saying is if this is maybe something you resonate with, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, but let's put it to a side and maybe consider another way, right? Let's consider another way. But sometimes in our generation, we hop from worship night to worship night to worship night to podcast to sermon series, hoping that one of these experiences is finally going to set us free. Hoping that one of these prayer moments is actually going to bring the freedom that we long for, right? And it's like we're scratching these lottery tickets, hoping that we receive the freedom. But the thing is, even if God were to answer that prayer that's prayed, or maybe he did give you that freedom experience in that worship night, would you have the character to actually sustain the gift that he poured out on you? Would you have the spiritual rhythm and discipline to actually administer that gift that God poured out in your life? And sometimes I think in our generation, we stay bound. Even though we have these crazy, awesome experiences with the Lord, we still stay bound to the same sin patterns. Why? It's because we've never addressed where the battle is really won. It's in our mind. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 1 through 2, we're going to get there in a minute, but it says, therefore, dear brethren, I urge you by the mercies of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your true and spiritual form of worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to attest and approve what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so we see that the transformation that we seek in our life, it's not found in these moments, although those moments are very, very impactful. But those moments are actually the first step in the game. But you don't win a game as soon as you step on the court. You actually have to play the game. And the game is played in our mind. That's where the war is fought. And so this whole sermon series, where we're going, is we're going to, these next four weeks, is we're going to go after how do we, as a community, renew our mind? How do we engage in this type of battle so that when we actually experience these things, when we get in these wild moments, we know how to steward them well and actually carry them out? So that the money just doesn't come and then we spend it and two years later we're worse off than when we actually, we're worse off than we were before we actually had the experience. But that when God pours out something significant, it would actually, we would actually use that as fuel and momentum to chase harder after him than we ever have before. That's where we're going this month. We're going to win the war in our mind. We're going to learn practical tools on how to wage war in our mind so that we walk in the pattern of the Spirit. The key verse that we're going to kind of stand on um, for this entire month is out in Romans 8, verse 5 through 6. And it's so fitting. That's kind of like right where we're at in the Red Initiative, which is so awesome. Romans 8, 5 through 6, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their 
minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And I'm standing in faith that at the end of this month, I'm going to look at a community of 150 people filled with life and peace. And not only because we experience wild moments of worship, but because we've learned to do the, the, the daily mundane work of setting our mind on the things of the Spirit. Are you guys with me? Come on. Are you ready to go here? I'm so excited. This is going to be so transformational for our community and where we're going in the future. Guys, like we have to be set on this thing. We have to. It's going to be so good and God's going to do it in us. So let's pray. Jesus, love you, God. We thank you so much, Jesus. No one is like you in the heavens or on the earth. And God, we don't want to just experience life in peace by our own merit, God. We don't want to just win the war in our mind on our own, Jesus. And we boldly and humbly declare that we can't do this without you. So Holy Spirit, we come to you and we ask that you would fill us in a new measure. God, fill us with a new measure to say no to the things of the flesh and to walk in the way of the Spirit. God, we love you. There is nobody like you. And we know that you who began a good work in us are going to carry it on to completion. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. This is good. So if we pull up Romans 8, 5 through 6 again, we see that something really, really significant. We see a foundational biblical truth that we as human beings are three parts. We're three parts. There's three parts that make up the human being. We see for those who live according to the flesh, so we see there's a flesh part, and they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, so there's a spirit part of the human being, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind, so we have a thir that third part is the mind or the soul. S the mind set on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So we, as, as Christians, as individuals who follow Jesus and everybody across the whole earth, whether you follow Jesus or not, you're a three-part being. And this shouldn't really surprise us, right? Because we're made in the image of God. And what is God? He's a three-part being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we, made in the image of God, it only makes sense that we would be a three-part being fashioned after our creator, right? So we have the spirit, we have the soul or the mind, and we have the flesh, okay? Now, I'm going to go teacher mode here a little bit. So lock in with me, all right? But I'm just going to explain each one of these a little bit so that we are all on the same page, all right? Because we're talking about the winning the war in our mind. What is the war for our mind? Who is the war against, right? So th the war is against the spirit and the flesh, and they're going after your mind. They want to pull on your mind, right? So the spirit is actually the, who you really are. The spirit man is like, is you. That's the epitome of you, right? 
And that's the part of you that's gonna live on forever. So when we say yes to Jesus, when we turn from our sin and follow him and submit to him as being the Lord of our life, both here on earth and then in heaven as well, when we submit to him, our spirit man becomes completely made new. Completely new. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 and 17. It's made completely righteous. And in in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. Again, in Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 5, it talks about the spirit here. And it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, he made us alive together in Christ. So we were dead spiritually. Our spirit man, before we followed Jesus, was dead. And if we, if we die physically with our spirit man dead, and we appear with that dead spirit in the presence of him who is life, there's no congruence. You can't enter heaven as being a dead spirit. Like, that's not it. And the, the dead spirits unsubmitted to Jesus are, are go to hell, right? Apart from Christ. But when you're completely made new and righteous, your spirit man lives forever and you're alive and then you're in the presence of the one who is life. There's a congruence and you fit in and you're welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. So that spirit man is completely made righteous. You're, like your spirit man is not gonna get any more righteous than it is right now. Like the, that spirit within you is just as righteous as it's ever gonna be in your entire life, okay? But our soul our mind, will, and emotions, they need to be renewed. So our soul needs to be renewed. Our mind needs to be renewed. And we see that in Romans 12, verse one through two. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And then in James, we'll get to James in a minute, not yet. So the the mind has to be renewed, right? So you could say it's in the process of being saved. Your spirit is 100% saved, 100% righteous. Your mind is in the process of becoming righteous. Now your flesh, on the other hand, has been corrupted by sin. So what does your flesh have to do? It must be submitted to Christ. It must be submitted to Christ. We have to take these worldly passions and sin that has corrupted our body and we have to submit those to Jesus and choose to follow the way of the spirit. Galatians 5 verse 15 and 6, or Galatians 5 verse 16 and 17, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So your spirit man is saved 100% and it wants to follow the way of Christ. Your soul is kind of in limbo a little bit when you come to follow Christ, right? And then your flesh is saying, Like, take me. I'm used to this old way of pursuing death and pursuing sin, and I want to pull you that way as well. And so the the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other for 
your mind, for your soul, right? So when we first say yes to Jesus, our spirit man gets completely made new. So we're 100% righteous, but a lot of times our soul, our mind is still comfortable walking in the way of the flesh. And so you could ask yourself, man, if I'm saved, why do I keep on sinning? The reason is because your soul or your mind is still patterned after the way of the flesh. It's still patterned after the way of the flesh. And we have to renew our mind. And there's a process that we go through when we're saved of continually saying no to the way of the flesh and pursuing the way of the spirit. And to kind of emulate this, I actually want to have some boys come and help me. I texted a few of you guys to come and help me a minute. Um, if you want to come up here. Yep. All right, give them a hand if you want to come up. Uh, I might need a few extra guys. Anybody else? We're going to play a little. T- you want to help? Come on. Anybody else want to come up here and help a little bit? Anybody? Yeah, come on. Right here in the back. Yes. Let's go, bro. Come on. This is going to be fun. Let's go. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a little game of tug of war here, all right? So how many guys do we got? How many guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh, eight. Perfect. Let's go. Split right here. Boom. There you go. Let's go. Boom. All right. We got a big rope here, guys. You want to help us out here? Let's go. Okay. I love this. All right, so we're gonna just going to do one game just for uh, the fun of it, and then we'll actually uh, get into what, what this all means here in a minute. Okay, come, 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 come. Let the, let the rope go a little bit. Good. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, we ready? Okay. Did anybody, who, who thinks this team's going to win? Did anybody? This team? Anybody this team? We'll see. All right, all right. Like, okay, here we go. All right, are we ready? Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Oh, you got to get past the black line. I probably should have said that first, but wow, we got some strong men of God here. Yes, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Come on. Yep, let's go. All right, you guys got 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, Hey, hey, three, two. Good job, y'all. Good job. Good job. Give him a big hand. Come on. So good. That was awesome. That was awesome. All right, y'all can stay up here. Stay up here a little bit. Stay up here. We're not not quite done yet. That was awesome. I'll give you guys a little breather, though. I'll give you guys a little breather. So that was a, a pretty accurate representation of what goes on in our mind sometimes. Does anybody relate to that? Maybe you're like confronting some temptation and you're like, oh, I know the way of the spirit. Oh, but this is everything in me is telling me to follow this. And you're like, oh, I don't know which one I should choose. And then you're like, this stalemate, you know, for 10 seconds or 15 seconds or more. And then finally one just, and you go the way, right? We feel that, right? We feel that, Right? But a lot of times when we say yes to Jesus, this is kind of like when we first say yes to Jesus. And this is, yeah, when we first say yes to Jesus, our spirit man is completely made new at that moment. Our spirit who once was dead has now come to life again. But our mind is still patterned after the way of the flesh. 
and it must be renewed. And so this, is a, this would be an accurate representation of what it looks like, boom, as soon as somebody gets saved. It's like, you three, go and join that team. And now my man, you're right here, okay? All right? Ready? Here we go. All right. I'll give you a little, we'll give you a little head start here maybe, okay? All right, here we go. All right. So sometimes, like, right, this can be where it feels like. It's like, man, we've, we've given our life to Jesus and we want to follow the way of Jesus, but we're so used to following the way of the flesh. And so when we get in those hard moments of saying, oh, I'm confronted with a temptation. Which do I choose? Which do I choose? Which do I choose? Which do I choose? It looks something like this. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> you know? There you go. Done. You're done. Good job, bro. <laughs> that was awesome. You gave up a lot better fight than I thought you would. That was awesome. <laughs> but how many of you guys relate to that? Does anybody relate to that? Right? So, so the question is that we're asking is, the question we need to ask is, how do we get some more boys over on the way of the Spirit? Like, how do we do that? The, and the real question we're asking is, how do we renew our mind? How do we renew our mind? And the Bible is actually very clear about how we renew our mind. It's, it's we go against the way of the flesh by going in the way of the spirit. But James 1, verse, verse 21, is very, very clear. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your, what? Your soul. It's able to save your mind. The implanted word, the word of God inside of our hearts has the power to, to put more willpower on the way of the spirit. It, it's able to save our souls. And that's why we're going so hard after this red initiative this year. That's why. It's because the word of God, when it actually gets implanted into our heart, that's when it'll start to transform our life. Because it's able to save our souls. All of a sudden, we start meditating. We hear the lies of the enemy. You're not enough. We hear the lies of the enemy. Oh, just this one time. Come on, bro. Like, Bro, all your friends are going out to the bar. What are you going to say? No. Like, they're going to think you're some super Christian and, you know, you're, you're going to create distance and then they won't ever come to Christ. You should just go with them. But then we, we come at that with verses like, no. Like, as God is holy, so I am holy. And we come at him with verses like, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, have everlasting life. God, you love them way more than I do. God, we come out in verses like God is able to save those who are away from him to the uttermost. And we're like, God, I'm not responsible for their salvation. I'm responsible to follow you and follow your way. We come at him when he says, oh, J Jared, bro, you've done way too much. There's no way. Like, who do you think you are standing up here? saying that you could be used by God. Who are you? Who are you to share the gospel with your coworker? Like, do you know, they, they don't know what you did last night. How can you share the gospel when you're still struggling? You come at that and you say, 
No, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You say, I'm an ambassador of Christ, and I implore people to be reconciled to God. And as we do that, as we combat the lies of the enemy with the word of God, what happens is we start to get more of these boys or on the way of the spirit. We do. We do. And before long, we actually become so accustomed to the way of the spirit that the way of the flesh seems really, really foreign. But I want to encourage you all. We have so many people in this room. You guys can all sit down. Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand as they go. We have so many people in this room, and we're all at different parts in this journey. And that's okay. That's all right. Maybe you only got one person on the way of the spirit, and everything else is on the way of the flesh. What do you do? When you slip up, when you mess up, you get up. You confess to a brother and sister, and you go again, and you, you set yourself on the word of God. And as you do, maybe one person joins the way of the spirit then. And you're joining and you're getting more and more accustomed to the way of the Spirit, right? No matter where you're at in this journey, whether you're, man, it's been a long time since I've battled with the things I used to battle, or maybe I'm stuck in the thick of it and I don't know if I'll ever get out. There's hope for you. And it's found in the Word of God by the Spirit of God actually breathing it into you and transforming your life. Are we all tracking? Does this make sense? Yeah? The way we save our souls, the way we win the war in our mind is by the word of God. It's by the word of God. We're a three-part being. Spirit, soul, body. The spirit, or spirit, soul, flesh. The spirit and the flesh are at war for your mind. But you're not a victim to this war. You actually have a part to play in this war. You get to decide which side is going to win? Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Before we even start talking about winning the war of your mind and being renewed in your mind, the very first step before all of this is actually submitting to the lordship of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means, God, I'm done with the world and all of its ways, and I want to follow you in your ways. God, I want to I learn what it means to follow you. I want to learn what it means to walk with you and do life with you. You're saying to God, just like David said in Psalms 25, make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all the day long. But some of you in this room, if you're honest, you're not following Christ. You're not walking in his way, or maybe you've never even heard about the saving knowledge of Jesus. 
you never heard or even it's been presented to you before that you can be saved from your sin. That that life of sin only leads to death, but Jesus offers another way out by his spirit. He offers a life of peace. Some of you have been looking for that peace for a long time. I'm here to say it's found in Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else. Girlfriends aren't going to give it to you. Boyfriends aren't going to give it to you. Smoking weed is not going to give it to you. Looking at porn isn't going to give it to you. There's only one way to salvation. And it's through the person of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, if that's you and you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm done playing this half in, half out game. I want to I, I wanna go in for Jesus. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want him to forgive me of my sin. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise them up high. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Love you, Jesus. Love you, God. Anybody else? It's not too late. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much. All right. But everybody repeat this prayer after me. The Bible says in Romans 9, verse 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's what we're gonna do. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that you died and rose again defeating sin, death, and the devil. God, I want to give you all of my heart and all of my life. No turning back. Holy Spirit, fill me. Help me. I want to know you. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do something a little out of pocket here. Um, but I actually was feeling this really heavy on my heart um, for tonight, specifically regarding the altar call. We don't do this very often. But I actually wanted to invite those people who just raised their hand, committed their life to Jesus, I want to invite you guys to stand up in the presence of everybody. And the reason why I'm asking you to stand up is not to embarrass you. It's not to point you out to any single person. It's because we're a family here. Like this access community, we want to follow Jesus together. And when new people join our family, there, it says in the Bible that there's a party that goes on in heaven. All the angels rejoice 
And so like sometimes when we give our life to Jesus, we kind of feel like it's this secret kind of shameful thing. And so we're all like, yeah, like don't look. And then we all like, you know, pull one of these, you know what I'm saying? But like all of heaven, nobody's closing their eyes in heaven. Everyone's like at the edge of their seat, like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. You know, like everyone's like rejoicing, you know, that's what it happens. And so um, on the crown of three, I actually want to have you guys who raise your hand, stand up and then actually come forward if you would. All right. So on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Stand up if you would. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Thank you, God. Yes, Jesus. This is awesome. Thank you, Father. So good, bro. Yes, dude. Come on, bro. Yes. Thank you, God. So good. Come on. So good. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Sweet. All right. Anybody else? I know I saw some extra hands, and so I don't want to pressure you, but also want to give you the opportunity as well to follow in the way of the Spirit. I know. Yeah, they're already up here, he said. They're already up here. So they already broke the ice, but... That's okay. That's good. All right. So if we would all, as an access community, if we would extend our hands toward these people right now. Uh, you want to come in here a little bit? I think that's perfect. Jesus, we thank you, God, for these new believers, Jesus. God, and we thank you so much, Lord, for bringing them, Lord, for granting them salvation, God. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill them to the full in Jesus' name top of their head to the sole of their feet. Give them grace, Jesus. Give them power to walk in this new life. Lord, we love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you, God. Sweet.